Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Welcome 
Welcome to Trailer Rewind, a monthly conversation about movies you may have missed in theaters that are now available to watch at home on streaming services. Every month we dig into the archives and watch a film that was one of the trailer picks on a Saturday matinee episode. You can get access to the Sat Matt shows by supporting us over at patreon.com slash the next reel. You can also be part of our group on Discord where there's always an engaging conversation about films. Today we're talking about Lean on Pete. This was Andy's pick from December 9th, 2017. Today is January 23rd, and Lean on Pete is currently available on Amazon Prime and Canopy. Hey, Canopy. Now, JJ, I know we've discussed Canopy on Discord, Mm -hmm. but for anyone that isn't familiar with it, because typically we focus on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, I thought we could talk about some of these free streaming options that are starting to emerge out there, Canopy being one of them. Yeah, I was introduced to Canopy by my library, actually, my local library. Uh, They just had like index cards available about it. And I think this is before, I mean, they had a very limited inventory a limited library of films when i checked into it i mean there was kids stuff but it wasn't any anything that was well known so i I browsed around a little bit but then you know the conversations that we've had on discord there's there's really some interesting things there now yes the uh, entire a24 catalog is now available there in canopy which is uh to me just a great resource to to check out into your library to see if you can get canopy for that alone uh it Canopy came to my attention after the um, shuttering of uh, Filmstruck. Okay. Because they had the Criterion was uh. housed over there. Now, which is very interesting to look at what Criterion has done. Criterion started off with, uh, they were in Hulu. They didn't have everything, but they had, I think, like a rotating library that they would have of films there through Hulu. Then that disappeared, went off to Filmstruck. Filmstruck... late last fall announced they were disappearing, shutting down. Um, So everybody's, where's Criterion going? And that's how I found out they have some things on Canopy, but Criterion is also going to be launching its own streaming service oh, okay. um, sure. later, later this spring. Now that will be a fee-based one, but yes. So check out your Canopy if it's at your library there. My library also has Hoopla Digital, that's H-O-O-P-L-A Digital, and sometimes I find movies on there that I can't find anywhere else. One of them that I recall um, was there. There's this odd documentary about uh, tickling and that Andy had, had, yeah, it's... <laughs> It was one of his trailer picks. Okay. It's this whole like competitive tickling thing. And it's this <laughs> investigation. To it. I heard about this and thought, I will never see this movie anywhere. I'll have to like, you know, rent it through like, you know, iTunes or Amazon, but it showed up on Hoopla Digital. Yeah, so I think I remember there are some talking great, about that. That's, that's yeah. crazy. It is. But there are some great uh, free resources for people out there because I know it can get overwhelming with paying Netflix monthly. And then if you're doing Amazon and Hulu, and especially now that Netflix is raising their rates by a couple dollars for the first time in a quite a while uh, it can start to add up uh, being a cord cutter uh suddenly you can realize i've got four or five subscription services i'm paying as much as i did for cable tv so you're gonna have to be a stream stopper now a cord cutter and a stream stopper (laughs) till you find out exactly what content you want 
Just migrate That's over right. to the individual channels of your favorite uh, cinematic universes, and I think you'll be good. Rumors are Apple's going to be launching their own streaming service, yes. and we know that Disney is going to be launching theirs. They're pulling all of their content. So, yep. and what is it? CBS has their own fee-based one. So, yeah, it's starting to hit a point of just All the cart massive. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah what people wanted right, right. Pay, pay for what you want right it's a long so, it's a long road to get there but yeah uh, eventually we're all going to yes, be able to pick just what we want and that's all that we yes. have to get yeah so i so i did watch i watched this one lean on pete uh through canopy oh, I you did watched yeah i did Great. so what's what i did was i saw that through my library i get a certain amount of credits i think it's 15 credits cool uh and once you check out a movie that takes one of your credits and you have three days you can watch it as many times as you want over three days for that one credit. And then after three days, if you want to watch it again, supposedly they will charge you another credit. Now, I don't know. I haven't hit that point yet. But 15 credits, that's 15 that's movies in, in a month. That's a lot. So you I, should be able to do I, that. I yeah. I, even if I'm trying to work my way through the A24 catalog with a few movies a month, I'm probably not going to hit those 15. So there's also some great tools on the Canopy website that allows you to build uh create clips and playlists cool. uh, from the movie so that it's not just watching it. It's it's really a library resource. And in addition to feature films, there's documentaries. There's all kinds of great stuff in there. But I found the streaming quality and sound quality, you know, right up there with, you know, Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. So it's not like, uh, you know, the, the freebie version, you're getting uh, something lower quality. This, uh, you know, rivaled those guys in terms of the quality of the streaming. So Very good. Yep. So you you saw it then on Amazon, Prime? Amazon Prime. You... I did watch okay. it there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I had to break um, it up. Well, I had to break it up a little to... bit. You know, we should <laughs> well, get in. We should get into the movie. It's it's pretty intense. What did Andy say about it? Well, that's you know, here's the thing that's very interesting about Lean on Pete. It hit theaters on April sixth, twenty eighteen. It was a limited release, and this is why probably nobody saw it. it was on one hundred eighty seven screens oh, and sure. left theaters on June fourteenth, twenty eighteen. So it was like three months, two months, right? Yeah, just over two months in theaters. So it made just over a million dollars, and yeah. then it became available on Amazon Prime on July third. So less than a month after getting pulled, it was out there. So it's been okay, uh, you know, a little over six months have been available, uh, but less than three months from big screen to streaming services. Um, so Andy said he thought it looked like a touching and sweet film compared to the darker content that he typically expected from A twenty four. And then he, he he chuckled a little and said, ah, I know, I've read and I've heard that this is a devastating, heartbreaking film and is probably much darker than the trailer lets on to be. And yeah, that's I, because the I mean, I haven't seen the trailer, yeah. but I did some reading before I saw the movie, and they said if you have any difficulty with any sort of trauma, be it human or animal, that you should stay away from this movie. <laughs> um, so I was well prepared coming into it so yeah it was pre i think it's the darkest day 24 movie i've seen i have to say i was surprised because the trailer makes it look like a typical coming of age story with an animal charlie you see that he's this sort of outcast and there's you know a rough life at home 
it's sort of the typical like you know young adults i'm a kid and i'm trying to find my place in the world and i come from a broken home and i'm going to bond with this animal and we're going to have this great experience and i'm going to grow and learn as a person through my bonding with this animal but that's not exactly the story we get no with lean on pete and so for me i'm wondering who you think they might be who the audience is for this movie oh my goodness who do you think because it's not kids. Do not take your kids to this movie. No, and I don't know if I've told this story before, but my first job, have I talked about the My Girl problem? Uh, my first job ever, uh, I was at a movie theater. I was an usher at a movie theater. And one of the first summers we had My Girl, you know, the Macaulay Culkin, uh, Anna Klumsky movie. Yeah. Was yeah. kind of promoted this way. It had trailers, you know, oh, feeling good. It's the summer oh, kind of thing. Cutesy yeah. kids. Yeah. And, and summer, then, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, this is from the early 90s. He dies. Macaulay Culkin dies. And it's like <laughs> we had parents yeah. coming out of the film just bawling their eyes out, demanding their money back because it was so mispromoted. And I don't know, I mean, I haven't seen the trailer for Lean on Pete, but it, I mean, it is really, really dark. So when you ask who, who's the audience, it's, it's really tough. It's, it's gotta be those people that are kind of this diehard film lover that can handle tragedy because all this movie is about is tragedy. There, there is a sliver of redemption in it, and we, we will get to that too. But the bulk of this movie is how much hurt can you take? How broken? I mean, even, even to call poor Charlie's life or family broken is almost underselling it. It is so hard, and everything he goes through is a disappointment in this film, that it you really have to appreciate tragedy and then... It, or at least let that bounce off for you so you can watch what a an innovative story and a, and a pretty well shot movie is on the other side of it. I think in general, the content is going to be so heavy for people that you're not going to be able to really appreciate those things. It's really, really dark um, and really, really depressing through most of the movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to recommend it to. I, I haven't been able to watch it with anyone. I've had, I had to break it up myself. I can only watch the first hour and then, and then take a stop and say, okay, take a breath and move on. But, uh, and then the second hour is way more intense. So it's, uh, it's tough. It's a tough movie. And because of this, I mean, we're kind of pre-selling this, but because of this, it ranks really low for me, even though it's a, again, a well-made movie in that real a 24 storytelling vein. It's, it's, it's a good movie, but it's really, really hard. How about you? Who, who do you want to see it? Well, I, I think this is, this is a movie that high school age kids can handle it Uh. it is heavy but but i think there is a lot of literature out there targeted to that age group that deals with some some pretty tough material which i think is important for kids because they are going through traumatic you know experiences in their life and when you're reading a story and this is the, the challenge when you adapt something from a book and lean on pete is is adapted from a novel i don't think the novel was you know marketed for you know young adults or, sure. or it was probably just traditional fiction but you can read some pretty brutal stuff in a book and that's a little bit more socially acceptable than visually you know presenting that on the screen and all it's you know gore and, and trauma and sure. pain uh but i think it's subject matter that 
high school kids should be able to handle. Well, and now when I you say there's th- literature, you don't mean like YA yeah. fiction. You mean like the classics and stuff, right? Like the intense stuff no, that there, we're being well, taught in school. No, there's there's some newer stuff that's come out in the the 90s. And there was one that uh, my, when my kids were younger, they were just like ravenous readers. Well, they're still readers, but they're like fifth, sixth grade. They were just ravenous readers. And my daughter, Hannah, had found this author and she had written uh, this book uh, called Chains and it's Laurie Hulse Anderson and it's like historical fiction and she was really fascinated with that well she wrote this other book called Speak and she was like well I really like this author there's this other book I said let me look into it and it's like a high school student that goes to a party on a weekend and gets raped and it's dealing with that trauma um so she was in sixth grade i'm like no no yeah no, you are not <laughs> not not quite ready for this book yet uh and i think that book is actually i think it's celebrating its 20th anniversary and it's the author she's going on tours and it's been a very important book for kids that have experienced trauma like that, that. kind of trauma sure. and so for lean on pete i think f- for two reasons there's the audience of kids that that don't understand that there's, you know, or can't relate to the kids that might be in their school that come from a home like Charlie. Okay. Uh, and for and for kids that are living that, to me, this is giving them a message of hope. Like, yes, things can get really dark, but if you persevere and you, you have that person that you, that family member, that one person, you have somebody that you know you can trust, if you can get there, things can get better. Well, and, and I so, guess when we think about it, the best of the dark A24 stuff really is pointed towards that, right? I mean, we think about Ladybird, yes. we think about these kind of, uh, that really it's about representation. And maybe that's the best thing that we can offer in a movie like this is for those kids that feel feel like there's no hope or feel completely broken, that it's a, it's a message of perspective saying that this is, this is now, but, you know, persevere, get through it and figure out a way to go on. Although the stuff Charlie does, I, I can't even stand by. I, can't, I really hope no one's taking a lesson from the way that he tries to persevere through this because it's, it's brutal. It is, it is really tough for Charlie. And that's one of my, that was one of my challenges with this film because we, we don't get a lot of background on Charlie at the beginning uh, to get a sense of where he stands sort of morally on, on issues. Uh, We know from the very beginning, he's, you know, it's, it's him and his dad and, you know, dad's got a girlfriend over and who's bought groceries. And she said, yeah, there was only beer and captain crunch in the refrigerator. And you know, you don't have to keep that in the refrigerator. And then Charlie says, well, yeah, last time I had some, I left out and the cockroaches got in there. So I thought, oh, this isn't just a dad who was oh, a little lazy, doesn't go shopping. I mean, this is really like the conditions they're living in are, are really borderline. Is it even yeah. safe for him to be there? And so I wonder what was, what has his upbringing been like in terms of, you know, a kid left on his own, what kind of choices does he make? Because he he's looking for something to do. He, uh, you know, he's fascinated with the, the racehorse track that he uh, finds. You know, finds as yeah. he's out on his run. Uh, and I thought, oh, okay, here's, we're going to meet, we're going to meet the mentor character, right? Who's going to, you know, give Charlie an opportunity. Oh, hey kid, do you want to help me change this tire? I'll give you some money. And it's like, okay, that's where we meet Dell played by Steve Buscemi. And, but he's not a good guy. He's a horrible person. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> it's he's a it's a string of horrible people he yeah. meets that he survives one way or the other. But I thought this is where I I'm thinking. Oh, then the redemption comes with the horse, right? People are adults are bad. Kids still have that innocence, and animals can bring out the best in people, and and will be fine from there. And we spend a little bit of time exploring this sort of, I don't know, off, off, I guess country road horse racing or country fair yeah. racing. I don't know. Now is that was this weird. now it, it's it's set it's set in Portland. I know, and so that's that's sort of your area. So I didn't well, now, know if there's the the black market race track that happens out in the middle of nowhere is up in Wenatchee uh, or they say oh, okay. they say they're in Wenatchee okay. Washington which is Wenatchee. it's a ways out it's between I would say okay. it's between Portland and Spokane so that that trip alone okay. that he gets in the truck with Dell and takes up there is yeah. you know it's multiple hour trip so that's uh, interesting yeah. and you know and they stay overnight and whatnot but yeah it's in Portland and you know they do a lot of clever little pieces it says it's Portland Downs that's literally Portland Meadows and it's all the same they just they 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 went in and did some Photoshop or some editing and just changed it to Portland Downs as opposed to Portland Meadows, but everything's shot on location there very clearly. That is the area. And Delta Park, what they talk about is the area right around Portland Meadows, so that's really wild. And the the hospitals they talk about are 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 the hospitals in the area, although they go to, they shot at different hospitals. You can tell that too. Um, but this this area that once all these terrible things happen to Charlie and he feels I don't know. I, I, the word I would use is obligated, uh, obligated to take the horse. Yeah. He steals the horse, which, you yes. know, yes. historically yeah. is a, is a, is a, is a high crime. Um, and, and just drives the horse out into really the high desert of Eastern Oregon. And it is, that is really treacherous. Yeah. A, a very treacherous place to go. So the, it, it doesn't necessarily sell how difficult it is there for him when the car, the truck breaks down and then he's just walking through the desert with the, with the horse. But that is, that's scary, scary, uh, place for him to be. Uh, and I was, I was intensely worried for Charlie through all of that. Um, and I, and I know those areas real well. So, um, yeah, it's a, it just the what he goes through into you know almost star- starvation and dying of thirst in places and then feeling the need to steal and and petty crimes and misdemeanors that lead to assault and battery and wow he just goes through a lot and needs to go through a lot to get to his redemption um, but he makes it across country and I think that's wow I don't know the message there it was so deep and so intense uh, I was. I, you know, it's a drama and it's a really relatively melodrama, but my heart was racing for all that drama throughout the film. Well, the, now the novel, uh, Lean on Pete is written by Willie and I'm going to probably butcher this Vlauten, V-L-A-U-T-I-N. Okay. And he, he is a lead singer, guitarist and songwriter of Portland, Oregon rock band, Richmond Fontaine. No, I haven't heard so, of him. So he's uh he's a local yeah. to Portland, so clearly familiar with those places. So I would assume in the novel, uh, you know, really rooted in real places. So when adapting, it looks like the filmmakers did everything they could to to stick to and remain faithful to that Portland, yeah. uh, setting. Of course, you know the restrictions of where you can and can't film, and you know I I had no idea that, you know. Eastern Oregon was, you know, looks so much like the Southwest yeah. out here. There yeah. was that, there was that desert. It's always like, oh, you're up in the Pacific Northwest. There's lots of trees. I'm looking at, <laughs> at desert. And as he, as he 
stumbles across his uh, sort of first encounter of uh, civilization, well, a home. Out in out the middle there, of nowhere. Uh, the, uh, out in the middle of nowhere, the, the two, uh, two vets. you know, veterans, yeah. you know, that are just back, uh, you know, say, hey, you've you got to be careful. You can't be just walking around in the desert because uh, the, the car broke down. Uh, and I thought, oh, I didn't know there was desert up there yep. i didn't realize how how treacherous it would be for him to attempt this journey on foot of, of making it all the way from portland to where does he end up in laramie he makes it By to laramie and there are some skips yeah. i mean that that path that he takes to get to where he's going is just wow i can't imagine walking out there just the exposure alone um you know and then i guess the interim city where he uh gets uh, with the homeless encampment and is with steve zahn is that supposed to be boise do, do they tell us i don't think they tell us i have to go back i think it may be boise because i because that's where he's in the the homeless uh soup kitchen they're getting some food and i i think they, they mentioned at least idaho right it's got to be boise does it, it's weird yeah. i got disoriented there for a little bit i thought what I, I i thought for some reason he ended up back in portland which didn't make a whole lot of sense but it is all right. these sort of major travels on his way to get to where he's going and eventually gets to laramie which is just a, a an immense trek that's the thing too about the western u.s states is that they're so huge and so expansive i mean you mentioned the fact that you weren't aware of the high desert in eastern oregon there there's just so much space out here uh in that's the you know the cascade mountain range and then leading you to the rockies into wyoming it's just so big and i can't i can't fathom how much this guy had to go through to get on this trek but he had to do it he had nobody left there was no one left in his life his his dad was dead he had stolen a horse then the you know the horse has its terrifying and unceremonious end it's just oof yeah he he loses everybody and i it's it's hard to say i I want to say he loses everyone he cares about. I mean, yep. that's one part of it uh, because he, as we learn through some of his conversations with, you know, Pete, the horse, we learn a little bit about what happened with mom um, that, you know, basically she left when he was, you know, an infant uh, dad raised him. But as we see early on, dad is not the greatest, you know, adult in the world he just uh, right we get a setup of early on that charlie has an aunt margie and when he was young his aunt and dad got into a fight because dad left him home all by himself when he was what like 10 or something like that very young very young left him home for like two days uh by himself so margie got upset there was a falling out in the family and so now charlie really has nobody but his father and loses his father because he's sleeping around with a secretary from work who's married to a Samoan and dad ends up in the hospital, dies from sepsis. And then he's got, at least he's got the, the, the horse. He's got Dell. He's got Bonnie. He's got Pete. He's got, he's made a, a little career for himself and you think, okay, he can, he can make it there. But then, you know, Dell is a horse owner that's, he's, he's done. You know, and yeah, he's, he's cheating. You know, he's cheating, and he's going to run this horse into the ground, and so selling horses for slaughter. Exactly. So the one person that Charlie has left in his life, this horse, is going to get sold off to Mexico. So he he hits the road, and I thought, okay, we've we've cleaned house, we've got everything that'll be fine. Now he's going to bond with this horse, and we'll have a happy ending. And then 
we I, I should have seen the setup earlier on when we know that Charlie doesn't know anything about horses. And, you know, Dell keeps reminding yeah. you, gotta, you gotta hold on to that or he's gonna run on you. He's gonna run on you. We hear that. And then, oh, I didn't there, even remember that. Yeah. Yes. And, and you're then totally he, right. There's one point where they're walking across the desert and cars come by on the highway. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. It's, it's okay. It's just, it's just a car. It's just a car. And he holds on. And, but then it's, then it's, it's the rule of threes, right? The third time when he's near a road and it's, it's motorcycles this time. And Pete gets away from and runs, snaps the bridle. Yep. And runs into right tra- into traffic. And I, I I should have seen it coming. I didn't see it coming. That was a gut punch for yeah. me. I thought, yeah. what are you doing to Charlie? He's got nothing. Right. This, this horse dies. The police are there. They're, you know, this is the second time he's had an offer to, like, be taken into, like, you know, family services. Once at the hospital and his father died and, and Charlie left and, and went went off and then now when pete's you know dead in the side of the road and they're trying to find out whose horse it is they offer again we will get somebody we can take care of you but he he leaves again um yeah and that was the the struggle for me is i'm trying to understand why why not just let this you know let them take him in and he'll be fine right well and you know you'd think that and i think that really i i don't i don't fault the, the character because, you know, the character thought he had done so many bad things that he was going to get in trouble. True. And even True. when he gets, when it finally gets to Margie, is it Margie or Margie? Mar- Margie. Um, <clears throat> she thinks, still thinks he's going to end up going to jail, yeah. you know, because of what he did. And so I, I think that's a very common thing for a kid. To yeah, think that's true. That you know that you've done something wrong, so you can't ask for help. And I think if, if there's any lesson from this for me as a parent to take away is to let my kids know that it's never you're never too far gone to ask for help. Because at any yeah. point, had he just stayed with the sheriff or stayed with someone, and and they would have, or when his dad dies, stay in the hospital, let the doctor, you know, right. get someone's going to get in touch with Margie for you. Now, unfortunately, he wasn't taught reliance or you know uh, uh, to work with people for help he was taught self-reliance which unfortunately worked to his detriment in this film but i i think you know you bring up how it was a gut punch and how i didn't expect it they don't pull any punches they are hitting you hard and they show everything with the horse and the horse death and i think that's a big you know red flag warning for people if you have problems with animals in peril this scene alone is going to make yeah. this movie almost untasteful for you to watch. But to, to get that out of the way and then talk about Charlie Plummer, this kid who's playing this role, that scene, how he handles it emotionally is his most intense scene other than when he finally gets resolution and, you know, you get the you get the sort of break and the emotion there. But how he handled it was great as an actor because it was just this intense moment of exactly what you're saying. He's got nothing left everything he bet everything on this horse and i say that in a metaphoric way but you know i it it, it was great and it was heartbreaking and it was uh, terrifying you you couldn't watch that scene and not put yourself in charlie's position and think what do you do now out in the middle of nowhere knowing no one with nothing so uh again very powerful stuff but very intensely negative powerful stuff oh and 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 charlie is a resourceful kid he's gonna keep going he knows i mean he's and this is where yeah it's it's that self-reliance self-dependence thing because when he's um you know his first stop off with the the two you know young 
young guys that are, you know, just back from serving overseas, you know, uses the phone, um, you know, is trying to find where Aunt Margie is. And then, you know, he's got the, the bar that he, she knows, he knows she worked at. And then it's like, okay, well, nobody here knows, but this, the, this one guy might. So the next time he has an opportunity, then it's, it's finding out a little bit more and he finds slowly his sort of bread comes back to Aunt Margie. That's his one hope and so that's the one thing that after you know he loses pete he's at least got something he's not completely directionless and so i can say understand that drive in him he's he's still got a breadcrumb trail to follow and so he gets to to boise where he falls in with you know a group of you know homeless but he quickly finds a job he finds a job painting houses and he he gets paid and then gets mugged by the people that took him in which was another just horrifying scene where oh, here these people and i thought oh it's this nice it's steve zahn steve zahn's a nice guy everybody totally likes, likable plays yeah right? except when he's drinking vodka and then he'll rob everything he's got from you but i did not expect charlie to go and get a crowbar <laughs> and basically and, kill steve zahn yeah i mean it, he didn't we don't who knows we but, don't know wow. he hit him in the head with the crowbar to get his money back because he needs his money to continue on his journey and ultimately makes it and he got it got gets back to the library with aunt margie and yeah to me that it was it was i have to say this is probably the roughest journey i've taken in a movie yeah. and, and we t- the last one we talked about was hostels and that was that was rough too yeah. but this one that I, was the last movie we talked about that was back in november yeah oh my goodness See, I yeah get- we took december <laughs> off we gotta do something different here i gave you a month where's off. our cuban fury <laughs> <laughs> we are into like the dregs, the yes. dr- the emotional dregs of Trailer Rewind. Right. Exactly. Uh, we're waking up with a new year now, Steve. <laughs> we'll we'll get to the wow. brighter side. We'll we'll, we'll have to. Right? Yeah, exactly. If people are going to think that all we do is the intense stuff that nobody that nobody wants to go through. Wow. <laughs> Just it's take a, brutal... a deep breath. It's like it's yoga. <laughs> it's it's like follow your breath through this movie. That's the only way you can make it. It's trailer rewind to the dark side. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's exactly. Uh, if you look at the performances, though, I think all the performances were great. Um, uh, Steve Buscemi is is solid as always, and I loved. I thought Charlie Palmer was great. Uh, um, the gal that's in it, Chloe. I don't know how to say her name. Do you know how to say it, Savini? I'll let you do it. That sounds good. To uh, me. Yeah. Sure. I'm just yeah. saying most of the stuff in the in the yeah. middle is silent. She was great too, um, and she was likable in her role too. Um, I thought everyone was pretty believable considering what they had to deal with here on a very downplayed emotional stage for just dealing with all this tragedy. Oh, yeah. And then I I was wondering who sort of shepherded this project along, who directed this. And it is um, Andrew Hay, Andrew High, H-A-I-G-H. Not a lot of film credits, a lot of TV. He's been working on, um, let's see, Looking. Uh, I did 10 episodes of that back in 2015. He's got two episodes of season two of the OA that'll be coming up oh, soon. And then uh, five episodes of a TV miniseries called The North Water. Prior to that, um, a, a few shorts and then uh, three films. But it, it looks like he's a he's a Brit, uh, yeah. so, which I find interesting. And then uh, Charlie's... Uh, father, uh, played by Tra- Travis Fimmel, who's an Aussie. So we had <laughs> really is pretty shocking. Yeah. So yeah, this interesting little project that got put together. I, I, 
I can't say I enjoyed it, but there is an artfulness and craft to this that kept me engaged, you know, from beginning to end to, to follow Charlie on this journey. I, like I said, it's something, I don't want to say I want to give homework to high school kids to watch this, but to me, I think this is worth seeing f- to build some, I guess, affinity for and understanding people that have gone through trauma. Um, and, you know, if we can, be, if, Aunt Margie can sort of be that audience surrogate uh, for us to find so- if there's somebody in trouble in your life to be that that comfort to them. As you know, you, you mentioned Charlie's concerned he's going to go to jail. He stole a horse. He may have killed a guy. And he's he's like, if I go to jail when I come back, can I stay here? You know, he's he's yeah. really worried about not being able to finally be at home. You know, at ease. He's found his his final home. It's you know, the the only home that he'll probably, I can't say where he was with that was really a home. It was sort of, you know, even in, uh, that wasn't stable because we've got that scene. I forgot uh, about the belt. He's got his dad's belt. And the yeah. woman asked him about you know, all the, the designs on the belt. And he said, oh, yeah, if they moved and they stayed there for a certain period of time, then dad would put, you know, another stamp on the belt. And she's like, oh, looks like you guys have moved a lot. So, you know, they've been, mm-hmm. Charlie's had no stability in his life. So, yes, getting settled in with Margie is hopefully the sort of his last stop uh, on this, this dark and brutal journey. I get nightmares. About my dad. About sometimes just that he's trying and that I can't say I just get really sad sometimes I can't say it it's okay Charlie I'm here now. Mm-hmm. And the nightmares are going to get better. Mm-hmm. They might not go away completely, but they're going to get better. The more good times you have, the more going to have good times, Charlie. Yeah. Promise. I just miss him a lot. I miss him so much. Well, yeah, and I think that's a that's a really good way to look at it, Steve. Too is to using Margie as the audience surrogate. I, you know, I didn't think of it that way, but that that actually kind of redeems the story in a, in a nice way. But I think. To be able to watch this movie, you have to be able to appreciate a tragedy as an art form. And that's, you know, with, with the other stuff that it's competing against out there, it's, it's really difficult because this is pretty much down and, and difficult throughout the film. I do, I do want to talk about too, from an, from a filmmaking perspective, there's a lot of really interesting shots here. It has that sort of, it, it, it does glorify the, 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 the high desert and the beauty of, of the Pacific Northwest and into the Rockies is a really beautiful place. There's a really interesting shot where Charlie takes the horse to the river and he gets out in the river and the horse is kind of, you know, seeking the horse is getting into his bag, looking for food and whatnot. And it's shot 
Charlie's swimming, and so he doesn't notice. And then they shoot from behind Charlie, looking back onto the riverbank at the horse, and they do it from the level of the water. Which I oh, think yes. is really yes. interesting, and I know—I mean, I know that there's probably a, a a ton of different ways to do that, but I think in a, in an A24 movie where you're trying to be as as close to real as possible, and you're doing this in a way that that puts it from Charlie's perspective from the water, I really liked that, and I really liked feeling like I was down in it with them, and I think that's that simple shot talking about that shot as an indicative way that they're taking filmmaking and making it special and making these stories really human for the audience. I mean, it, it's it's neat to see how they're putting uh, the film together that way. I think from a filmmaking perspective, if you can appreciate tragedy as art, you're going to like this, the way that they put uh, put the film together too. Yeah, I appreciate tragedy as art is I guess the way um, to, yeah, to best capture, you know, this film. Um, little trivia point as we wrap things up okay. here. If you're what, if you stick around through the end, because uh, we last scene is Charlie sort of, you know, new clothes, new haircut, <laughs> off running, doing his thing that I think he, the one thing that brings him perhaps some joy in his life is out running. He really enjoys running. Um, and there's, there's one song that's playing there, but then when that song ends and the credits begin, uh, it's a song called Easy Run, and that is from uh, our author's band, Willie Flouten. Um, so that's really cool. I didn't notice that. So, of course. That's but special. Now, how often but, do you have an author that's also a, a musician that, that's going to write a song that's going to sort of thematically fit in with the book you've written, a song called Easy Run, as you know, to finish off as he's off on that, la- if we see him on his last run? That's true, but are you choosing to ignore the first song that you're talking about? Because it's terribly problematic for the world right now in that it's a nice little country. It probably is his band, too, doing a cover of The World's Greatest by R. Kelly. Oh, which is <laughs> which after okay. you go yeah, through all these that. tragic and yes. you, you think about like R. Kelly, yeah. there, it's like oh yeah, that's that's. Yeah, that's I don't want to give that guy any more money ever no. uh, again. But yeah, so that's unfortunate. And I'm sure when they made the movie, you know that this outcry that's current is wasn't out there, but still, right. it's yeah. No, but Another it's, difficult it's, thing. I, I can separate it because it's not R. Kelly performing it. It's Bonnie Prince Billy, which I, I love him as a musician and tonally it there fits. But, but yes, it is written by R. Kelly. Uh, so that's a sort of nice little, you know, with these smaller projects, sometimes you get some neat little interesting creative aspects of how things all come together. We agree this is a, a challenging film. And as you said, it's it's not going to end up high on your flick chart. It actually ends up really low. And that's and that's kind of unfortunate uh, because it was really difficult for me to pull out the things that I liked about it. And again, I'm not going to recommend it to many people unless they're looking for something that's really just kind of a downer. It wasn't really a tearjerker for me either, which I, you know, at least from the dramas that are heavy like this, I think back to a film board movie like Demolition, something yes. like that. That really yes. connected with me in a way that I could get emotional with it. I didn't feel that way about this because it was, I felt more like I was in the tragedy with Pete, so or with Charlie, rather, sorry. Okay. Um, so it ended up really low for me, but one thing one thing that I experienced in doing this is I'm recognizing that I need to uh, re-rank a lot of the movies in my flick chart because things have kind of settled different with me. So where it is, it's at 175 out of 192, which is, again, extremely low. It's at 9%. 
it's just below Ready Player One, which looking back on Ready Player One, <laughs> I feel like Ready Player One's a lot better than that. Area. Yeah. And and it's just above Child 44. So, oh, um, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh my. So, okay. Right. So th- there's some work that I need to do on my flick chart, but I think the key thing to notice here is that because it was so down, it was such a down movie that it ended up pretty low for me. Okay. Well, it ended up higher for me. It ended up at 167 out of 350. So it's oh, right, right about that is right, pretty high. It's right about the middle. It puts it at I think fifty two percent, and it's in a it's in that middle ground. It's right below Alien Covenant and right above Melissa McCarthy's Spy. Um, okay, so which I weird. <laughs> so so to just if I go out a little bit further, this may seem a little bit more fitting. Uh, just above Alien Covenant is that really weird Scarlett Johansson movie Under the Skin. Where she's the okay. alien. That's that. It's a really quiet, odd film. Um, and then just below Spy is Winter's Bone, which is sort of that uh, yeah. noirish detective. Yeah, I haven't starring, seen it, but I know it which was is really good. But it, it's it's again acclaimed. these these are some some dark movies. It's hard it's hard to say. I enjoy them. I appreciate them as art, and I enjoyed the experience. But it's nothing that I'm going to go return to a lot. And right. so th- there's there's that piece. So there's always enjoyment. We'll get things up. And then for me, it's always how important of a, a message or meaning is behind this. What's the the big idea that this, you know, is, is coming across? And this one has one about, you know, the power of, you know, perseverance. But it just wasn't solid enough for me to say, oh, yeah, this is a really important story for people to see because they're going to resonate with this. It's going to change their lives. It, I just didn't have that reaction to it, which is why it ends up right there in the middle and it i struggled on a star ranking on this and i came up with like three and a half stars i wanted to go with four but i i that's an enjoyment level and it's solid enough that i i like it and can appreciate it but three seemed too low so i'm settling in at three and a half on this one. yeah and i'd put it at two and a half just because uh it's not it's not a poorly made movie and it's not a bad movie it's just too hard for me to watch so that's where i'm there and i'm at a don't like because i i'm never ever gonna watch it again but um but again i I don't think it's a bad movie i just think it's real hard all right well jj it's been great get starting off the new year with probably the most disturbing depressing movie we've done here we can only go up get out of it we can only go up from here we're gonna get out of the depression i know it's gonna happen well it's especially for yeah it's i guess it's fitting with january it's like the darkest time of the year it's the coldest time of the year see it it resonates we'll 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 start moving to spring we'll start like winter is here right exactly we're ready to move on we're moving on all right and for all our listeners out there if you haven't already please head over to itunes give us a rating and review it helps other film fans discover us and if you choose to support us over on patreon you're joining a great community of film fans including some that are really really into film as art and we've got a bunch of people that are just really enjoying and entertaining popcorn movies. So there's a group of people like you there waiting to join in conversations with you. We would love to have you join the community. I want to send out a special thanks to Pete Wright always uh, to editing the trailer rewinds for us. He always finds the right mix of everything we're going to send him some little audio clips he's going to drop those in there he's going to make everything sound nice and professional and we couldn't do it without him thank you pete thanks doc hondo
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.